You're listening to The Big Show on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Oh, good morning, friends. A very happy Monday to you. Welcome aboard Sportsnet 960 The Fan. This is The Big Show with Russick and Rose. George is away this week. Be back next week. So instead, it is myself. It is Patty Dumas producing the program. Hi, Pat. Hi. Hi. Oh, yeah. Turn that on. To Dialed talk. in, eh? I was uh, getting my audio. GVP's running the board back there. I'm here. Hello. Oh, you know, look at that. Nice and tight. Morning, GVP. Morning. And um, no offense to either of you two, but I'm much more excited to hang out with the guy sitting across from me today. He's back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you can play that John Cena theme here. Uh, Peter Klein joins me. For the entire week. What up? A round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, pal. Hey, how's it going? Gosh, I've missed you. You look great. Thank you. Excellent duster. The Jays swag is to the nines. Incredible stuff. Well, you know, they finally won a game this weekend, so had to to bring it all out. But uh, yeah, excited to be here. Not excited for these early morning wake-up calls again. That was uh, a part of this that I didn't necessarily miss, but uh, feeling good this morning. Yeah, well, that's usually how it goes. You get that first day energy, yeah. and then it's the I find that it's the third day. Wednesday's going to be rough. Yeah, yeah, that's that's when it really starts to set in. Maybe you haven't had a nap because your body's not used to sleeping during right. the day. And then that's usually when the uh, lack of sleep usually catches up yeah. to me. But and my, hey. my expert planning, I'm doing a dogs game on Tuesday night. So just to add on to it, a late night Tuesday leading into Wednesday. You guys are carrying me all week, but specifically Wednesday is mm. going to be rough. So I'm, brace uh, yourselves. I'm, I'm jolfing out in the Kananaskis Tuesday night. Ooh. So uh, it's going to be a late night for both of us. Oh, so, it's going to be garbage. I hope Patty watches the sports <laughs> on Tuesday. What yeah. do we got going up on Tuesday? There's anyway. not a lot happening. There's not a lot How happening, just like full stop. Yeah, we're not allowed to say that in sports radio. Yeah, uh, Jays Dodgers gets going this week. A three gamer. Maybe Ryu will get the start. Who knows? And uh, didn't sound like it. it well, he's, like he's they're be... meeting him. They're meeting him down there now on uh, today. So maybe he gets to start tomorrow Wednesday. I think they were talking about on the broadcast yesterday. They said Brios, Bass, and Kikuchi. Oh, well, there you go. Well, there you go. So Um, come back on the next when they come home. When they play the Angels. Yeah, that would make more sense. On the weekend. Yeah, Thursday off. Um, The dogs are in action all week. Yeah, they are. They are in Sylvan Lake to play the Gulls. It's weird. It's it's like Sylvan Lake, home, back to Sylvan Lake. At least that's like a long trip. What's Sylvan Lake to Okotoks? An hour and a half? Two hours? Hour and a half if you're driving fast enough. Yeah, if you in a bus, a couple of hours probably. Yeah, yeah. use the use the ring road. You don't even have to get through the city. Be the responsible way to go. Oh yeah, look at that. Yeah, and then they play again on Wednesday, and that's also when the Calgary Surge have their final home game of the regular season. God, that went by fast. Right? Only twenty games, I guess. And they'll have a home playoff game. They'll have a home playoff game, so that'll be. Are we sure it's going to be at home? Well, yeah, yeah. They're the two seed. They can't finish first. They'll be the two seeds. So they'll take on the winner of the three four. Hmm. Yeah, and there's like different weird rules based on. I had it up. The la- like the the home team for the championship weekend gets a bye, and that's the Vancouver Bandits who are last in the Calgary division. So I think Calgary might even get bumped down. Oh, I don't boy. know. I was trying to figure out the rules to the playoffs over the weekend, and I think we might just need a guest. Oh, so it's like a like a Memorial Cup. Yes, it's yeah. very okay. much like the Memorial Cup where. If you're the last, because four teams from each division make the playoffs, and it's a five-team division, 
Right. And if you're the host team, you can be last and still make it all the way to championship weekend. You get a bye to the championship weekend. It's a really, really good setup. It's, for a the really, host. it's a great setup. Yeah, for sure. Just take the season off. Rest up, everyone. Yeah, I think that they're like two games back. They're, they've got only like six wins on the season, something like that. I don't know. Hmm. That's what I uh, that's what I gleaned. Yeah, we'll have to find weekend. them once, once that schedule is released. We'll know more. It's going to be a lot of this this week. <laughs> the Surge, the Wranglers. No, the uh, nope. No, not the Wranglers. The dogs. <laughs> the Wranglers probably probably won't get a lot of Wranglers chat. Oh, I don't know. The Blue Jays. Yeah, I'll try and I'll find a way to shoehorn it in there. Uh, the Jays. The Open was this weekend. Now all the majors are done, and that kind of feels. It's really. We'll get into that a little bit later on too. But it felt. You're not a big FedEx Cup guy. No, I am. It's fine, but just for the last major of the year, it was anticlimactic. Yes, that's true. Yeah, that this. Uh, aside from the fact that it was on at three in the morning, and that's like the only time you would watch golf is for the Open Championship at three mm-hmm. in the morning. Uh, aside from that, none of it felt like, oh man, this is a big deal. Can't uh, wait to watch Brian Harmon shoot a seventy on Sunday and run away with. I things. didn't like watching him play either. I hate his waggle; it takes forever. <laughs> Does rechecks it like forty times. Not a fan. But congrats! He yeah. seemed like a fine young lad. And um, short kings everywhere rejoice. He's you, like five seven. Yeah, I I don't necessarily share the enthusiasm for the short king movement that we've had. That's yeah. Kind of being six four is kind of the only edge I've had on anyone over the last little while. So all of a sudden we're celebrating short people. I, I can't get behind that, but yeah, good for him. The, the first note I took on the Open Championship was mm. Brian Harmon wins. Meh, meh. That's kind of it. Like you, yeah, he, he's he's not exciting. I'm sure. Like if you looked hard enough, there's a wonderful backstory in there, a super inspiring whatever. Mm-hmm. But eh, 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 whatever. That's what we'll get into today. We got thoughts on the British Open. Uh, we have thoughts on the Jays. Uh, thoughts on the Stampeders. Another loss Oof. yesterday. We were there at McMahon Stadium. <sighs> Woof. Just scuffling right now. 41 points. Ended up losing that one in overtime. Just can't put a game together where all three phases play consistently. And that and make your two-point conversions. Yeah. Three attempts at it, they failed on all of them. Ottawa had two, I believe, and they obviously converted both of them. Yeah, and late in the game, it was like, oh, the Rouge from Cody Grace, that's going to come in play. But in reality, like if Rene Paradis doesn't miss a PAT on his first attempt in the game, yeah. Then, yeah. then the game's You're not chasing with two-point conversions either. Exactly. Yeah. That's Patty Dumas. That's Peter Klein. GVP's in the other room. I'm Matty Rose. We are live in the Doug Lacey Basement Systems downtown studio in the heart of Calgary. Worried about radon? We install custom mitigation systems to reduce your risk. To find out more, visit dlbasementsystems.com for a free estimate. Um, throughout the show, 7 o'clock, we're going to get lots of discussion. I want to get some of Peter's thoughts on the Calgary Flames offseason because... You know, you haven't been here for a little while, and I'm right. sure you've got some opinions on some things that may have gone down. First time, long time. Yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, the Jays, the Stamps, will be all over that like a dirty shirt. I have a fun text topic I want to unleash in a little bit here. Um, unleash is such a good word for that. Yeah, oh yeah, it Love is. Especially because <laughs> the way that something was unleashed earlier <laughs> in the week, and it's never mind. Okay. You'll find out. Okay. It's lots of fun. Um, so we're going to get into that. Uh, Patty's got the morning report coming for you. At 8 o'clock is when we get into our guests. Justin Dunk from 3 Down Nation is going to join us to talk about the CFL as a whole. Is Dustin Crum the real deal? 
Chad Kelly, the MOP favorite right now. Is anybody in the East going to beat the Argos? All that type of stuff. And then Caleb Joseph, who uh, does a whole bunch of analysis for the Toronto Blue Jays and, of course, played in the majors. Um, he's going to join us to talk a little Blue Jays just after 8.30 as well. So we got a great show on tap for you here today. But, hey, let's just start with the Calgary Stampeders. Put a couple minutes away here for the group. Um, yesterday, they lose 43-41 in overtime. As a result, they're now two and four on the season. That leaves them fourth in the West. They're obviously ahead of Edmonton, who continue to go without a win, but they are also kind of starting to fade a little bit. Back of teams like BC and Winnipeg, um, Saskatchewan is still there, especially after losing to BC over the weekend. But nevertheless, things are great for the Stampeders, and I mentioned it off the top. It feels like they can put one or two phases together. But they'll just have either one phase or one quarter or it just has not been able to be a complete game from this team. And they put up 43 points. Jake Mayer threw for 450 yards and four tutties yesterday. Yeah. And a whole bunch of them were big plays gashing the opposition for scores. Mark and Michelle had two. Clark Barnes had a big one. And then yet in the end, it just is is not enough. What are you seeing from the Stampeders right now as far as what is leading to not being able to just get this thing over the hump? I'm seeing a Stampeders team that's very un-Stampeders-like from mm. what we've been accustomed to over the last 20, 25 years. Like, yeah. um, but like, I, I thought the, the perfect way to sum up what the Stamps have been going through was the, the start of that game where you have big play touchdown right off the bat. Like, okay, here we go. Next two drives. I think it was the next two drives. Was an interception and then a fumble. Yep. Um, so that, it was just like, okay, we've taken a step. Because one of the things about Mayer is that you're not pushing the ball down the field. It's a lot of three, four, five-yard passes at a time, even when it's second and seven, and that's infuriating, but that's another topic for another day. Mm -hmm. It, it kind of felt like, okay, you're pushing the ball downfield, albeit against a defense that's not exactly giving you the most resistance on those types of plays, but th this is... It's against somebody. So there's an evolution there. So that's great. And then it's turnover, turnover. And they kind of just let Ottawa hang around. Like they, it felt like the deep pass was there the entire time mm -hmm. if you wanted it. And they took it quite a bit, but they could never get that stop on defense. And you're right. It's just the inconsistency. One week, the defense will look really, really good. And then the offense puts up 197 yards and most of that is on the ground inexplicably. And then the, the offense is good and you can't stop a quarterback who's playing in a second game. Now, Crum looks legit, mm -hmm. but not legit enough to be putting up 43 points on you. Th this was a real opportunity for Calgary to kind of establish that they are the third team in the West. Because at this point, they're not, I, I get like, it's only six points back. You're not catching Winnipeg. You're not catching BC. You are entirely playing to see who gets the honor of getting your teeth kicked in by Winnipeg in the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> but that like, you still had an opportunity to establish. You just beat Saskatchewan. Mm -hmm. They appear to not have a quarterback right now. And like, this yeah. is your chance to, to they are Saskatchewan's going to be the team that go into the East. Calgary's going to be the one that's going to finish third in the West. This is your time to get away. And now all of a sudden, yeah, you get Montreal next week, but then after that, it's Toronto. That's, and then it's BC. That's probably an L. BC, that's probably an L. Yeah. Then you get, you know, Winnipeg, probably an L. Yeah. It's not great for, for Calgary. This was one that it kind of felt like they needed to have if they wanted any chance of relevancy in the West Division. Well, and I think this is a team that has to start thinking about the crossover. And now oh, you've yeah. just lost to a team and made them three and three on the season. Like all three teams out East were two and three going into yesterday's game. Yeah. One of the things for the Stampeders, and you mentioned it, they were exposing Ottawa with the long ball yesterday, which is great. 
And Patty and I had kind of picked something out, you know, just going through the stat sheets earlier on, that that was going to be something that was available to you. And sure enough, the Stampeders gouged the Red Blacks with the deep ball. But the problem was they weren't getting long, consistent drives. And in the end, Ottawa ends up having 35 minutes of time of possession to Calgary's only 25. And this is a game that went into overtime. And at the end of the game, I thought the defense looked a little bit ragged, like they were a little bit tired. Mm -hmm. And when you're going out and you're hitting the long bomb and you're scoring touchdowns that way, that's excellent. But if you're not having consistent plays, you know, running for first downs, getting just kind of those five, six, seven yard plays back to back and getting longer drives that'll run three, four, five, six minutes long getting your defense off the field for a little length of time, especially against a guy like Dustin Crum, where you can't take a playoff. It doesn't matter where you are on the field. He could be running to you on the outside, on the boundary, on the field side, right up the middle. It doesn't matter. You can't take a playoff if you're on this defense. And I thought that was somewhere that, you know, you've got a good run defense in Ottawa, and it showed with Diedrich Mills only being able to, you know, rack up what was it, 21 yards on six attempts. His longest yeah. carry was only six yards. Like, but we expected that, and the Stampeders just kind of couldn't get everything else going. You get the two Mark and Michelle touchdowns, you get the Clark Barnes touchdown, you get the Trey Odoms Dukes touchdown late, but in the end, just could not get that key stop. And listen, you 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 need to stop them for the touchdown. Gave up a big yard, and then gave up the passing play for the touchdown. Or pardon me, the run to Auntie Elitre, who of course used to play here. Yeah, and then on top of that. You can't get the two-point. And we were talking about before the show started, Stamps go over 3 on two-point converts. That's a completely different game if you hit one of them, particularly the one at the very end of the game. Yeah, Patty said they were chasing. And it did kind mm-hmm. of feel like, even though they scored 41 points, it felt like they were chasing that entire game. And like you, you, like you said, coming into this one, you kind of knew they weren't going to be able to run it effectively. Still only running it 13 times is a little surprising. And three of those are Mayer running for his life. Like he had uh, 11 rush yards and his longest, or sorry, he had 10 rush yards and his longest run was 11. Uh, so it, it tells you that a couple of those didn't go necessarily all that well. So like they just completely abandoned it. And you're right. When you can't sustain some of those drives, your defense does get worn down a little bit, but it, it's, it's something that this Calgary team has been lacking in in this kind of era here is that, and maybe this is a bit of a dated reference now, but it's those Markway McDaniel plays where it's like second and six, second and seven. Just someone get open so we can get a first down and keep this going. That mm-hmm. has been severely lacking for this team. There is way too much, and it's a league-wide thing, but there has been way too much. It's second and, uh, second and six. Here's a four-yard out route. And now we're punting the ball away. There's way too much of that with this Stampeders team, that there isn't that just reliable safety blanket. And maybe some, one of these young kids turns into that. It probably should be someone like Bagleton, but you'd rather he be a bit further downfield than just, Oh yeah. Quick little, there we go. Yeah. Um, And I didn't, even though he had 80 yards, I didn't love Bagleton's game. I thought it was the, the, the one interception I thought he maybe could have done a little bit more to get in the way on that. Not Mm. a great pass, but uh, regardless, they, they don't have that guy right now who is that safety blanket for a young quarterback. Let's just get the first down. Let's keep these chains moving. They don't have that. The big play, it's phenomenal, and it's great that they did that because they haven't been doing that at all. But you need to be able to sustain some of those drives, especially like against Ottawa for sure, but especially when you're going up against a BC, going up against a Winnipeg, yeah. going up against a, a Toronto who just feels unstoppable right now. Big play, fine, but you are going to have to control that game as well. I think that one of the guys that does that is Reggie Bagleton. I think he does it really well. He, 
I think that his best play comes when you get him the ball in, in kind of just a short pass situation and just yards after the catch, just try and muscle your way upfield. And the problem has been that Jake hasn't necessarily always been accurate That's throwing fair. the ball yep. there too. The very first pass he makes is a cross to Reggie Bagleton right at the markers. And Reggie makes a hell of a catch, but it's about a yard behind him. He has to reach back and get it and almost take it from a defender. Yeah. And like you mentioned, they didn't run the ball until I think it was their third drive. It was right after they had thrown the touchdown to Clark Barnes. They get the ball back. First run of the game. Next play, terrible pick six. Yeah. Terrible. And I know you mentioned like Reggie probably could have done a little bit more there. That's a ball you shouldn't throw. No, that's fair. I, I am... I am giving Mayor way too much credit, I think. <laughs> I, I, just as you were going through that, I was like, boy, I was way too complimentary there. Yeah. Because like, I, I don't think he's been great. He's um, trying to find his way, right? It, and was, it was better this game. And maybe that's why I, I have rose-colored glasses. Like, oh, hey, look at that. He actually threw the ball more than eight yards downfield. Well, and he was hitting the deep ball, which yes. you don't always see from him, right? You don't ever see from him. No. <laughs> so that maybe that's why I was just, oh, everything's great with him now. But no, you're right. Like, accuracy has been an issue. Execution has been an issue. Um... Yeah, it's just there are a lot of problems with this team offensively for a team that scored 41. But yeah, mm. it's those the passes behind the receivers are absolute killers. They can actually either get a receiver lit up or, as we saw, yeah. uh, interception that ends up being quite costly. There were some flags late in the game that did not help very much with the Calgary Stampeders as well. There was the, the what was it, two flags on once, Jonathan Moxie. And yeah, Moxie got called for the hold, and then uh, they had an illegal contact that they There was accepted. the Tommy Lee Lewis uh, great return out to the 50 right as the third quarter end that got brought all the way back for an illegal block and clipping at the same time. Yeah. It was yeah, the just, illegal participation penalty with yeah. the, the no helmet. Natrell Jamerson didn't play overly well as no, he the got, game went on. He got beat by the, on the, on the Bahar touchdown. There. Uh, are you going to play any Dave in the morning report here? Uh, I can grab some. Yes. No, I have some your... Dave right now that I want to okay, play. Yeah, I just want to make sure we don't play it twice. All right. Uh, throw it. me up here. Uh, GVP. There was just a couple of clips from Dave Dickinson after the game yesterday that I wanted to get to this one on belief. First off, you need to, you need to do your job. If you don't believe that you can do it, you won't get the job done. So, you know, to me, sometimes the best teams have swagger and confidence, especially defensively, like, bring it, bring it. I'm going to, I'm making the play. Uh, right now, that's not a, a, the situation for our entire team. I don't believe we feel like we're the team that's going to make the play. How do you solve that? You make the play. You make the play and you do it over and over and over, and pretty soon everybody believes that, and then you get the job done. That's so bizarre to hear. For a team that almost oozed confidence for the last half decade, yeah. if not more. Yeah. I think of Bo Levi Mitchell, who at times, to a fault, was almost overconfident. But at the same time, you know how he felt about his ability and his group's ability to go out there and succeed. Mm -hmm. On the defense, you know, you had guys like Jameer Thurman and Darnell Sankey who, you know, probably believed that they could be in the NFL and yeah. looked like they believed that the way they carry themselves mm -hmm. and maybe we're just not seeing it from the team in the same way yeah you're right like Bo would come in here for the, the Bo show when that was a thing and it was like man 
if I had half of your confidence, dude, I would be prime minister. Like, yeah. he, he is just like oozing it. And there would be times he would need a program to figure out who his receivers were. Because this team had injury issues like you yeah. wouldn't believe for some times. And it was just, yeah, yeah, sure. No one's ever heard of Tavares Daniels before, but throw him out there. Throw and him then out there. he yeah. turns into an all-star. The throwing defensive lineman on the offensive line. Don't care. Still going to win 14 games a season. Shout out like, Pat Delmonico. Right. Like, it's just, it, it was always just next man up, next man up, next man up. And that's kind of stopped. Well, not kind of. It's come to a complete halt with mm. this team. And I don't exactly know when that changed, but it certainly has shifted now for the, the Stampeders. And you're right, like, none of this, like, all of this conversation feels very foreign to be having about the Stampeders. Lack of execution on offense, uh, just not being able to make a play, lack of confidence. Th this team... Not getting turnovers on defense. Right, exactly. And then turning the ball over on offense. Like, it, it's just that this team was kind of the standard bearer for a while. Now, you don't end up getting the Grey Cups, which, again, is another discussion, but... For regular system, regular season consistency, that was this team. Mm -hmm. If you are a fan of another team, frustratingly so for a very long time, and now to just essentially see them, is what Winnipeg are right now. Exactly, yeah. And to see them in this spot, just kind of out of nowhere, is a little bit surprising. Now, this is how Dave Dickinson ended the scrum as well, um, talking a little bit about next steps, and and really it's just the end of this clip that really kind of I think perked everyone's ears. Well, we're, we're definitely a transition team, meaning we have a lot of new place, faces. Um, you, as coaches, though, I, I'm, a, I'm of the same opinion that you have to do something different. You can't, you can't continually, you know, make the same calls or coach the same way if the players aren't responding and we're not winning. That's it. That's it, coaches. We we found ways to change that up a couple of years ago, and the players responded. So now we have to find the same ways, or we got to get new players. That's the other. That's the other option. So uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. Dave Dickinson in his first season as head coach and general manager, by the way. Yeah, you can say that stuff. Bro. Yeah, you, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? You can just say that. And, yeah, that carries a bit more weight. Hey? And execute it as well, right? So, yeah, listen, I think it would be kind of reckless to throw names around here, but no, this guy got to be better. That's a message at the end of the scrum from the head coach. Like you, you get so much good with Jake Mayer and the four touchdowns, but then you're like, oh, he's got he's got the interceptions, he's got the the, the turnovers, the. The mistakes are becoming far too frequent with this group, and we've talked about it. Like, this is a group that doesn't make mistakes, that hasn't made mistakes for so long. It's always been a next man up mentality. And now you're learning, like, hey, this league is, is it's, it's nine pretty good teams across the board, maybe say for Edmonton, but like eight pretty good teams <laughs> that can beat you on any given day here. So. You know, you got to keep up. And I know there's a big transition. All there has been talk around the city. Hey, maybe maybe the loss of Ryan Didwitty hurt the offense a little bit. And then, okay, well, now Bo, La Bo Levi Mitchell's not around. And Jake Mayer, in his time, has shown that he can be the guy. And you saw at points last night. He mm -hmm. can be this guy. It's just the simple things. Like, you lose to Saskatchewan in double overtime because of the Mayer mistake. Uh, the, the You blow it because you can't get anything going offensively against Winnipeg. You escaped last week because of, of on a wing and a prayer uh, because, you know, I, even though it shouldn't even got that point. And then this week, you know, you had your chances. You, you had your leads late. Uh, but again, another big drive from the defense. Like that drive that Crum led at the late, that's 12 plays that, that, that they put on that one. 12 well, plays, 87 yards. Winnipeg Very similar. Not, back. not as long, but it's draining. Mm -hmm. Like you mentioned earlier, the defense looked like they just got drained. And it was hot out there. Yeah, it sure was. All right, well, that's the story with the Calgary Stampeders. That's a tough loss. Uh, they will have their rundown today. 
They will have Tuesday off, day one Wednesday, day two Thursday, close practice usually, day three Friday. Travel day Saturday, they play in Montreal on Sunday, which I believe is a five o'clock start here. Yep, same time. Yep, five o'clock start and Montre- on Sunday. Montreal's not a gimme either. Like it, nope. Th- th- everyone, like you said, like everyone's kind of, th- there's the top three and then there's everybody else in then Edmonton. Yeah. But like, like, you can you can beat anyone on any given day, but you can lose to any of these teams. Mm-hmm. And Montreal's coming off a bye. Yeah, and Calgary's one Trevor Harris getting his knee put on sideways away from being one a uh, one win team this year. Oof. Yeah, man, quarterbacks just going down in this league is oh, unreal. But I mentioned it yesterday. At least the young quarterbacks stepping in don't look completely inept. You know, Taylor Powell came in, looked pretty good. Obviously, Dustin Crum has looked really well. Mm-hmm. So, didn't but, watch the Saskatchewan game, did you? Well, yeah, was, outside of, <laughs> we know say, how y'all feel about Mason name, Fine. We yeah, all because he did not play that very well. No. Mason Fine. Um, Jake Mayer is a young quarterback too. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, hey, there's a couple things I wanted to unleash on the text line before we uh, get to the break here. Um, GVP, do you have that clip I sent you on Twitter? Oh yeah, here it is, right here. Okay. Um, so it was the open over the weekend, as we were talking about a little bit off the top. Congratulations to Short King, Brian Harmon, on winning his uh, first major tournament. Five-stroke victory, frankly, made the tournament incredibly boring to watch on Saturday and Sunday, even with John Rahm having a, a really solid Saturday and kind of getting back in the mix. I was hoping for like a little bit of a collapse in the first three or four holes, and frankly, he didn't look great out of the gate, right. but was able to hold on. Um, there's a couple things here. Um, one, Brian Harmon was being heckled a lot. American dude, you know, you had Rory McElroy and Tommy Fleetwood in the running. It's the British Open, so obviously the American is uh, not going to be favored. We don't have a ton of the stuff of him actually getting chirped. You can't really make out a lot of it on the broadcast, but you can hear like guys yelling and the whole like gallery starts laughing, that type of thing. And Brian Harmon talked about being heckled after uh, he had won the whole darn thing. After I made the second bogey yesterday, a guy, when I was passing him, he said, Harmon, you don't have the stones for this. That helped. That was the, that was the motivation? Yeah, that helped a lot. Yeah, so we have that. Um, and he was hearing stuff like that all weekend. So number one on the text line, I want to hear, have you ever uh, succeeded in a hostile situation? <laughs> Is there a uh, hostile sports situation that you have been a part of that you've seen someone come through on the other side? Um, Obviously, I think that it's uh, kind of fair to say the last time the Battle of Alberta happened that, you know, there's a little bit of that Mm -hmm. that happened in this building, maybe not in a good way, not in a way Mm -hmm. that everyone really enjoyed. But I think that's that's one that would come to mind. Yep. Of uh, guys just succeeded when everyone did not want him to. Basically, that was like Tom Brady's entire career with the Patriots. <laughs> yeah. Yep. The, the last 50 years of New York Yankee baseball. Yeah. Basically. Maybe less heckling of Tom Brady as like everyone realized like heckling him doesn't really help and, and it probably just makes it worse. Yeah. But I want to hear some of that on the text line. You can hit us up at 960-960. The other thing that I want to get to, um, and this is this one was just hilarious. Um Francesco Molinari is teeing off for uh, his round. I don't even know what round this was. I think it was early on in the tournament. But uh, just have a have a listen to this one. One more time. 
Now you can't hear. You're probably so, dealing gonna, with terrible diarrhea at no, the same time. Yeah, I'm gonna try and isolate. Just yeah, that's yeah. a fart. Yeah. That's a fart. Uh-huh. That's a fart. Uh, he was on the first tee, made his swing, and uh, as he clenched his gut, yeah. try and really torque the body and get maximum distance out of his drive, <laughs> farted. <laughs> really let that drive rip, you know? Like, just <laughs> absolutely blasted that one away. Yeah, right. just uh, squeaked that one out over the fairway, no problem. Uh, have you ever had a fart that just snuck up on you in a bad situation? Me? Yeah, I'm asking you. Oh, God. No. Probably, yeah. Probably. Anything come to when mind? You're laughing later? sometimes can happen. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I remember when I was uh, dating my now wife. Oh, good. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm excited for that. Trying to, trying to hold that in. Um, and we started dating like early summer. So, Stampede, mm. we still weren't at the oh, yeah. farting in front ah, of each other. Yeah, fart. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But. A little bit of stampede, stampede food, a little bit of stampede drink, mm. and my stomach felt so uncomfortable, <laughs> but trying to hold that in, and then apparently, um, when I fell asleep slash passed out that night, it all just released in just a, a gigantic <laughs> ball of horror. So I was not awake nor aware of it, um, but she very much was, mm. and so that... Uh, probably set us back. That probably still like we're married now, but probably still haven't fully recovered. Yeah, yet, you know? no, there's going to be some couples therapy to yeah. really iron that one out eventually. Yeah, exactly. I was flying back from Italy on last Monday or Tuesday, one of the days, and uh, someone on our plane was just letting oh, him rip. No. Oh. It literally every thirty minutes was like rotten eggs. Someone just had silent and deadly farts. They were just ripping. <sighs> And this is just, you know, ten and a half hour flight across the pond. Right, exactly. Yeah. No problem. Oh man. Uh they fed us uh I think it was like a uh like a beef short rib and green oh, beans no. for our first oh. meal. Well that, it's like, their fault. I was like, You sickos. Yeah. Who did who's thought whose idea was this? Yeah. And of course, like I was doing my best to hold myself together, but even then, like you mentioned, like the uncomfortable just being on the plane and being like, Oh, I don't wanna get up and down. But no, this dude, it was not me. I would own it. Yeah. But prior to that, someone was ruining our entire adventure to the point that uh, the better half, her shirt, the collar. Oh, I had to get up. Uh, yeah. Is stretched <laughs> because she spent so much of the flight with her shirt over her nose. Oh, man. That, that, like that, a six-year-old in, in grade school. That's definitely the worst place to be trapped with a fart, right? Ooh. Is on, on a plane. plane. Like there there are worse places. Tube. Yeah. But elevator, like you're not in an elevator for eleven and a half hours. That's, right? Uh, yeah, Presumably. Yeah, that's a fair point. Hopefully. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but stop moving. Like the, the worst place to fart is at a funeral. But the, the worst place to be stuck with <laughs> it's a, with someone else's fart yeah. is probably an airplane. So nine six zero nine six zero. You can either tell us about the time that you were heckled in a hostile environment and succeeded, or about the time that a fart escaped you and you were very embarrassed. That's what we're looking for today at 960-960. Patty will read them all, and uh, we'll look forward to hearing the best ones. Are you excited for this topic? Yeah. Well, somebody on the text line isn't, but yeah, I am. Oh, that's too bad. I don't even have the text line open yet. I don't have access to the text line. Uh, Elon has officially got rid of the bird on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Now an X. We're now doing X, hey? It's, it's an X now, straight up. Yeah, I know. I saw it. Frickin' X. That's really stupid, right? Like, branding-wise and whatever. Like, tweet and retweet is pretty common whatever. And now we're just going to just change everything. Cross-post. I, I just... Guy's a lunatic. How much longer until I can tell Art 
I'm not doing this anymore. Social media? Yeah. I'm yeah, I, I hate it. I can so do much. Instagram. That's fine. Instagram's easy. Yeah. But yeah, this Twitter thing is turning into a bit of a mess. A bit. And they're taking away the bird logo. I kind of like the bird. Well, the bird is yeah. legendary. Yeah. Who I, didn't like the like? What's what was so bad about the bird that it needed to be changed? Who isn't on Twitter? Ah, really? oh, no, it's a bird. But once you get like a really stylized letter as your logo, sign me up. I had that little sound effect for any time we were doing stuff on Twitter. Oh, now you can do like. What the, do I do now? DMX. X. 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 I'll give it to you. X. Yeah. <laughs> no. That's not going to work. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for the first thing. Hey, you got the morning report? Yeah, I what, do. What's inside it? Oh, well, we got some Jays. They salvaged their series in Seattle. Uh, Brian Harmon doesn't have any drama for the Open Championship. Boo. And uh, week seven gets wrapped up in the CFL. I'm sure there's some more. There's some slam ball action as well. Yes. Man, the, the lengths I went to to try well, and watch slam it, ball this weekend. Save it for the morning report. Uh, by the way, if someone has an American residence credit card, I need to talk to you. <laughs> We'll, t- we'll discuss all after the break. Sports at 960 The Fan. You're listening to The Big Show on the official home of your Calgary Flames. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Good morning. Welcome to your Monday. Thanks for joining us. 6.39. We don't do times anymore because everyone listens on the podcast. But that's fine. It'd be wicked if you timed that up perfectly with someone listening at 6.39 p.m. though. Maybe. You know? Maybe. We don't know. Hopefully. A little bit of magic. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. How's the future? I'm Matt Rose. He's Peter Klein. That's Patty Dumas. JVP's in the other room. Full house. No interns today, though. Yeah, they're all done. We don't have interns anymore? They're all done. Shan's no longer an intern. He just... He's an employee now. We have an intern next week. Yeah, sorry, we have we one have next an intern week. next week. Yeah, intern Ben making his return. Oh, Ben! There we Whoa, go. Really? Yep. Legend. The legend Ben. The legend of Ben. <laughs> I'm basically well, an intern at this point. Yeah, sure. I don't have a login. Yeah, what do you? What? Yeah, what's your deal? Like, are you, are you here for a week? What? Uh, he, here for a week and then uh, afternoons for a week. Oh. Yeah. What do you do? Like, apart from what do you do when you're not here? Uh, as of last week, nothing. Huh. Just kind of hang out. Okay. Yeah. Well, Felk on Twitter and now X. Oh. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. Well, welcome aboard. Thanks. Glad to have you. Uh, hey, it's time for the morning report. If you own a BMW, choose MotorWorks for service and repair. They'll gladly match, then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Ave and 3rd Street Southeast. Hello, Marty Patty Rose. Dubois. Matt Rose. Matt Rose. Adam Rose. Rose and Blue. Matty Rose. No, this is Patrick. No, you messed it up. Yeah, I did. That's fine. It's all good. Uh, Shaking off the rust still. Yeah, you know, it's only your second day back after, what, three weeks away? Yeah, something like that. You're all right. I don't know. Time is a fake construct. It's uh, it's it's an infinite circle. I'm in here. You're flustered. Like, I get it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Mustache envy. Uh, More late night baseball tonight, but first, uh, Toronto Blue Jays were looking to salvage what they could as they transform T-Mobile Park into Rogers Center, USA, in the finale of their series with the Mariners. Friday, they blew it in the bottom of the ninth. Then yesterday, with a 7-4, or on Saturday, uh, we blew a 7-4 lead after Nate Pearson in relief of Kevin Gosman. Well, it was an embarrassing display that eventually saw Pearson option to Buffalo in that 9-8 loss. So Genesis Cabrera, uh, just acquired by the Jays uh, over the weekend from the Cardinals. He's been called up uh, in Pearson's spot. So to the finale, it's Alec Manoa opposite Brian Wu. Uh, we'll pick up this one bottom of the second. 
And Mike Ford absolutely unloads on an Alec Manoa fastball. Runner on first, one out, no score, the 1-0. Ford jacks the ball to right field, and that ball is way gone. Off the front facing of the second deck, it's 2-0 Seattle. Ben Shulman on the call there, right off the right field windows, 407 feet. StatCast got it going Jalen Addison's speed in a 55-1079 off of Mike Ford's bat. And uh, uh oh, here we go again. <laughs> that is a deep cut. Do you have to explain that one? Well, over the week earlier, uh, Vikings first round pick uh, Jalen Addison. He was arrested for going 100 miles per hour. Wasn't arrested. He's had his license taken away from him. I guess wasn't uh, he 140 and a 55? Yeah, it was something yeah. stupid. Just outside uh, of Minnesota. Yeah, and if you, in the state of Minnesota, you get yeah. your license taken away for six months for doing that. Uh, so I, yeah, I want to get out of Minnesota as quickly as <laughs> yeah. possible. Too. That's uh, a really good cut. Wow. Yeah. incredible. It needed an explainer. It needed for sure. a little. I know. But that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. Uh, Manoa, you know, yeah, it's going to be lousy again for him, right? Uh, no, nah. Whit Merrillfield will make a nice, uh, from playing some second yesterday, makes a nice di- diving stab to end the inning. Manoa would settle in from there. Overall, he'd be have a really solid outing, striking out six over five and a third. Top four now uh, with George Springer stuck on first with two men out. Vladito at the dish, looking to strike. The 0-1. Guerrero charges the ball down the right field line. That ball is gone! Sneaks it over the wall, and we are tied in Seattle. Homers on back-to-back days for Vladdy. Now his team leading 17th of the season. It's 2-2. Opposite field for Vladdy. Lands right in between the fence and the stands. That's like Ben said, his 17th on the season. The Jays pull even at 2. Was that the one that was helped by... Teoscar no, Hernandez. we got to wait for Tay Oscar's oh, okay. help. Shut your mouth, Rose. <laughs> Top five uh, with Jays threatening and bases loaded. I've seen far too common from this group, and you mm. need this guy to be better in the clutch. George Springer chops it right back at Wu. Good old one, two, three double play. Uh, Springer finished the series one for 11, and just overall not the greatest season for George, despite being healthy. Uh, he's not been the greatest table setter. Uh, I wonder how married they are to him at the top of the lineup right now. Maybe a question for Caleb at 830. Mm. Uh, good news is, uh, like I said, Alec Manoa was great in his third start get, since getting the call up. Uh, with the score still tied at two, Brandon Belt looking to break that. And maybe he gets a little luck. 1-1 one, one to Belt. Swing and a high drive. Deep right field. Hernandez at the wall, leaping up. It's off his glove, and it's a home run. Wu can't believe it in a crouch on the mound. Teo came within inches of robbing that home run. Instead, it's the second long ball in as many days for the left-handed hitter. Brandon Belt gives the Blue Jays a 3-2 lead. Yeah, it looked like Teo was going to grab that one, but goes right off his glove and uh, in between the fence and the stands again. Jays with their first lead, 3-2. That lead did not last long with Tim Mazin now in the game. Uh, With two men on, two out, Dylan Moore finds a spot on the right side of the infield. Cal Rally hustling from second, scores. And the M's will not go away as they erase another late Jays lead for a third consecutive game. Next half inning, though, Santiago Espinal pinch hitting for Kevin Kiermaier. One out, two on. You got to get something here. A one. Espinal hits it on the ground. It's off the glove of Crawford, the shortstop, and into left. Merrifield chugging to the plate. The throw is late. RBI single, Santiago Espinal. It's 4-3 Blue Jays. Some more bad Glove luck for the Blue Jays. Espinal comes through big. Jays retake the lead, and they will not relinquish it. Eugenio Suarez would fly out to Whitmerfield to end this one. Jays take it 4-3.
And now head down the West Coast to Dodger Stadium where they will welcome back Hyunjin Ryu uh, to the club for a, after a year and change mm. uh, after recovery from Tommy John. We'll have that one for you tonight. Up uh, 8 o'clock start. We'll have it uh, probably the pregame as well. It's 7 o'clock. Jose Barrios gets the start for the Jays up against Michael Grove. That's a big win for the Jays big. to kind of get yeah. out of there. They had lost, what, four straight the last time that they were in Seattle? Five in a row. And, it was uh, five it was in like, a row it now. Was yeah. something like six of their last eight heading in. The scuffling, the ups, the downs, they played pretty well while I was away. I come back, they found it very hard to put a win together, and, <laughs> and then yesterday they were able to do it. But all close games, all some pretty entertaining games, I guess. But in the end, you're, you really do look for results more so than anything. I think the biggest thing out of this is Alec Manoa with a decent outing. Mm-hmm. Like, there were moments, like, there was the one pitch I was watching earlier in the game where he thought he had the strikeout. It was a ball that was, like, six to eight inches off the plate. <laughs> and I was like, well, that wasn't Come even on. close, dude. Yeah. But at the same time, you're starting to see a little bit more swagger. He had a lot of depth yesterday on some of his pitches. It looked like a step in the right direction, especially compared to that last outing against the Padres. Yeah, it's definitely a step in the right direction. Four walks is still a little bit high, but yeah. um, it, it's still, it just, vibes were better. You know, in-depth analysis mm-hmm. here, the vibes were better from Manoa uh, and the, the whole team. Like, they, they got, like you said, some luck with Seattle booting the ball around, but the Jays have yep. certainly done that for other teams this year. Mm-hmm. Every bit of Romano's body thought that that Suarez ball was going out of the ballpark <laughs> yeah. when he hit that one. Not again. There, there was zero percent. Like, if this was a video game, his confidence meter went to zero yeah, very yeah. quickly. You'd be shaking the ball all over the... Over <laughs> yeah. the like, oh, yeah, your God. controller starts shaking. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, but they, they end up getting the win, and I think that they desperately, desperately needed one of those games to go well. Yeah, and they got a big opponent tonight. Uh, one of the best, second best team in the National League. Uh, good. Despite all their injuries, they still rolling on. Uh, the L.A. Did Dodgers. Did they get Shohei Otani yet? Not yet. Oh. Uh, rest of the American League East story from yesterday. The Rays drop another one to the division-leading Orioles, 5-3. The Yankees beat the Royals, 8-5. And the Red Sox were also 6-1 winners over the Mets. Jays, four and a half back of Tampa for second in the division. That's also the first wild card spot. Jays still uh, third in the AL East and wild card. Just a game back of the Strohs. Uh, Jays two up on the Sox and Yankees for that third wild card. Uh, the LA Angels are four back at Toronto for that final wildcard spot, but of course there's lots of talks around Shohei Otani. Will he or won't he be traded ahead of next week's deadline? In case this is it, uh, he left the Angels faithful with a nice memory. Runs in those 10 games. There's a high fly ball, straightaway center. Reynolds is back at the wall, and it's gone! Home run! Number 36, Shohei Otani with a laser and a game-time shot to make it 1-1. Shohei's 36. It looked like a golf swing. Like that's what Phil Nevin said. It literally it did it just looked like, oh, that's a that's gonna be a pop-up. It's, that's gonna he's gonna get caught. Nope. Dude, right off the bat. Just the perfect swing. Uh Angels playing maybe their best ball of the season right now. Winners of six of their last eight. No Mike Trout till early September. Angels now on the road. They'll be in Toronto this upcoming weekend. Mm. Uh Cooperstown also welcomed two more to its hallowed halls and uh both were with Blue Jay connections. Scott Rowland, the only player that reached the proper vote total to get in, and Fred McGriff, the crime dog, who was also put in by the Veterans Committee. Jays are the only team that can boast that both of those players played for them at some point. Hmm. Hopefully, you know, the, the baseball hall of fame. We need Did you see the crime dog? The crime dog is yeah, that was his name. Yeah. McGriff the crime dog. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, I didn't see who was eligible for uh next year. Uh, but uh, I don't know. It just seems like the veteran, like the committee here. Like I get Scott Rowland, hell of a baseball player, but it's like 
Is he a Hall of Famer? Is he? We'll, we'll see. Uh, he's in. Can't take him out now. To uh, the CFL. Uh, great game last night to wrap up week seven in the CFL as the Stampeders return home to take on Dustin Crum in the Ottawa Red Blacks. Lineup change ahead of this one. Uh, quick six out uh, for Zip. Oh, and uh, Brandon Dozier was a game time. He could not go. So Tay Daly got the start in his place. And then Tay Daly got hurt. <laughs> Tay Daly like, got three hurt. plays into the game. Uh, so we saw a lot of the Australian yeah, Divine. Bailey Divine Scott. Bailey Divine Scott. Uh, first quarter, Ottawa already up 3 nothing. Uh, we talked about this on the Stamps Hour, Maddie. Uh, Red Blacks been victimized quite a bit this season by the deep ball. And it was a big talking point in practice about wanting to get more big plays in this offense. And the Stamps find one with Jake Mayer finding Clark Barnes along the sideline for a 54-yard 50 yard strike. That's the third rounder's first career CFL touchdown. Barnes would be the favorite target of Mayer early on, especially in the first half. But late first, Mayer's pass is picked off by Brandon Dandridge, who takes it to the house. The Red Blacks have their first TD of the day. Extra point good, Ottawa leading 10-6. Turnover bug strikes again as the Stamps' next possession. Mayer can't get the handoff clean to Diedrich Mills. Lorenzo Maldin's big mitt, big mitt scoop it before Mayer can hop on it. The Red Blacks take over on the Stamps' side of the field. Uh, former Stamp, uh, Antti Milinovic leader. Uh, he'd have a great game. He'd take it in after Crum would get down there uh, in the first place after he uh, takes a broken play to 33 yards. But turnovers killing the Stamps as they now trail 17-6. Yeah, it was a couple of turnovers. Both of them led to touchdowns. One the pick six, then the fumble. It was just a handful of plays before Ottawa was back into the end zone. And yeah. That's not a way to win, chasing nope. games, giving up points like that, right? And they scored another touchdown later off of... Uh, 21 points off turnovers for yeah. Ottawa. That ain't yeah, good. That that's, won't work. That, that's gifting them. Yeah. Like, the thing is, the Stampeders' defense has always been, like, when they're playing their best, they will bend, mm -hmm. but they do not break. Nope. They would not give up a touchdown. They would always force teams to concede field goals. Wasn't the case yesterday. No. Yeah. Uh, next time, probably the most complete drive of the Stamps all day as Mayor would lead them on a eight-play, 75-yard drive capped off by a 33-yard. Mark and Michelle touchdown. His first uh, since coming back to Calgary. Great adjustment. Great throw. Uh, and the former Stamp again. First TD since coming back. Stamps trailing. Catch. Yeah. Unreal. Uh, trailing 17-13. Ottawa would uh, add a 33-yard Lewis Ward field goal on their next drive, but would be halted by back-to-back Stampeders sacks. Stamps get Renee Paredes, 26-yard field goal on the next drive before Renee would add another one just before the half to make it 20-19. Paredes just two points away from 2,000 in his career. Second half now, Ottawa with two and out to start. He had a nice game last week and in the return game as well. Uh, second CFL game for Tommy Lee Lewis. Another big return of the day. Sets the stamps up in really nice field position. Mayer would find the first rounder from this past draft. Cole Tucker for 26 yards. Uh, he's brought down by a horse, horse collar. Uh, can't do that. Stamps now with first and goal. Tommy Stevens will get in from there. Stamps with their second lead of the day. Crawling back. They're now up 25-20. Two-point attempt. No good. Red Blacks next drive does nothing. Richie Leone can't even, uh, you know, can't even punt it to Tommy Lee Lewis as it's blocked uh, by backup running back Levante Bellamy. Jordan Herman Reed falls on it. Stamps take over with nice field position. Uh, they would eventually turn it over on downs. Tommy Lee Lewis was stopped on a third and two. They showed field goal. I don't know about that. I, I wanted them to maybe attempt the field goal there. Renee was feeling it. Could have been the 2,000 points there. Then, you know, at the end. But I just didn't like the third and two change up there. Felt really. like they were able to try and, you know, get Ottawa sleeping. And, and frankly, you know, Tommy Stevens comes in as the holder, which yeah. he never does. It's yeah. always Cody Grace. Yeah. It's almost a dead giveaway that something's going on there. Yeah. Ottawa didn't pick up on it. <sighs> They were close. Like, that was one where close. 
you get spotted by the referee on the other side of the field yeah, compared to the close side, yeah. and maybe you get a first down there instead. So, yeah, listen, I don't hate it. I like having those kind of gadget plays in your playbook and being able to pull them out when you need them. Yeah. Didn't work. No. The way she blows. Uh, another, and then that big play on defense was Spark Ottawa's offense as Crum was really good at spreading the ball around, but Nate uh, Bahar was uh, big for him all night, coming up with a couple big plays on that drive. It eventually resulted in a 24-yard Justin Hardy touchdown, his first in the CFL. Ottawa's two-point attempt would be good. Ottawa back in front, 28-25. Fourth quarter, uh, Mayer, big play to Mark and Michelle. Second TD of the day, splits the middle, wins the race, 95 yards, one play, and the Stamps go back in front, 32-28. But again, can't get the two-point conversion. Uh, after Ottawa turns it over on downs, Calgary looking for the kill shot, but Mayer can't get this one. First throw out of the gate, intercepted by Alonzo Adai, and Ottawa with a chance to go ahead late. That's that gets that 12 play, 87 yard drive, mm. ends with a Nate Bahar touchdown, extra point good. Ottawa up three late. Calgary would get one more chance. Renee Paredes bangs it through to tie it. 2,000 points on his career, 2,001 total, but uh, great for the future Hall of Famer. Overtime, great start for Calgary. Uh, they'd start on offense. It would result in a touchdown. Uh, again, can't get the two-point conversion. So uh, you need to do that in the, in the overtime. You need to go for two. Uh, so up four, there, it's uh, 41 uh, to 35 at this point. But Ottawa's first possession in overtime, they would work it down the field. Litre's second touchdown of the game would tie it. And then they would get their two-point conversion as uh, Bahar or uh, Crum finds Bahar. 43-41 the final. Stamps uh, fall to 2-4. and four. Red Blacks improve to 3-3. Three and three. Uh, This one's going to sting for a bit, I feel. Stampeders on the road in Week 8 against the Alouettes, while Ottawa will kick off the week hosting the Ticats on Friday. Uh, some great from these... Some good from the offense, some bad from the offense, but some critical turnovers and mistakes, and that failure to get the two-point conversion is going to uh, is going to hurt as the Stamps fall in this one. Man, like the end of the game, just they they grab Crum as he tries to scramble out of the pocket. Yeah, Rose and Judge both get to him. They make the tackle, sets up a second and long. Yeah, and then. It was like the easiest completion across the middle yes. for the first down ever that moved the sticks. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it, it looked like practice. It did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then next play, middle run, James Vodders gets hurt, yeah. runs to the locker room, and then they win it on the next play with Ante Milanovic Litre running right where James Vodders would have been. <laughs> um, so not only do you lose it, you gave up a couple plays late that you probably shouldn't have, and one of your top defensive players who's just finding his way mm -hmm. got hurt and went to the locker room. We'll have to see uh, what and, the extent uh, is maybe today. They also lost Isaac Adiemi Berglund, the backup uh, to Vodders, I think, on All this position. All of a sudden, you're down two defensive ends. Uh, so we'll see what happens yeah. there. Uh, yeah, it's not a good one for the stand. Crum only had six incompletions in this game. He's really good. Yeah, he was really good. That, that feels like something a defense should probably have had a bit more of a hand in mm. maybe create a couple of those like it, it felt like he kind of did whatever he wanted in that game and again yep. he only had 254 yards passing but it felt like there wasn't a ton of resistance on the the defensive side yep. from calgary in that one uh, i didn't think the secondary played over really well no Ooh. no i thought the defensive line held up their part they had yep. quite a few sacks i thought you know, they did a decent job spying Dustin Crum, what you have to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I thought Cam Judge and Julian Hauser, who were tasked with doing that a lot of the time, did a solid job. But, yeah, you know, Crum still ends up running for 63 yards on, on nine. He had a 27-yard scamper that was his longest. And like you mentioned, 23 for 29. Only 254 yards, but had yeah. to make it a little bit more difficult. And it wasn't. Uh, the rest of Week 7 looked like this. Argos stay unbeaten with a 31-15 win over the Ticats. Horton's Field. 
And the Lions were able to outlast the Riders 19-9. Ended up being the battle of the backup quarterbacks as Mason Fine, who's already getting the start for the injured Trevor Harris. Uh, Dane Evans had to come in for banged up Vernon Adams, though Adams isn't expected to miss a ton of time. Uh, yeah, Riders fall to 4-3. and three, Lost two in a row. Lions move to 5-1. and one. We'll hear from our CFL Insider at Three Down Nation. Justin Dunk coming up at 8 o'clock. Uh, update from our CFL Fantasy League. My Birmingham Barracudas with a big 102 Point two four seventy four win mm-hmm. over Beatsy Boys. Chad Kelly's 28 points leading the way there. And thanks to Jake Mayer's four-touchdown game, John Bender's Battleborn destroyed Toronto George 104.1-266. Week 8's matchups. Barracudas take on Toronto George, and Raddy Schmo is off the bye, takes on Battleborn. You uh, would love this league. Fully into it, just like you do NFL Fantasy. Okay. I got a big spreadsheet. <laughs> I do it all manually like back in the day when you wow. used to have to take the numbers out of the newspaper. Yeah. yeah. We'll show you the spreadsheet. It's pretty good. It's oh, pretty intense. That. Five teams. Someone's always on a bye. Oh, that's interesting. 15 week season. Yeah. I like that. Three weeks of playoffs. So far, it's going well. I've only lost once. Yep. Yep. Uh, you know, big matchup this week against John Bender. Mm-hmm. Uh, final round of the Open Championship at Royal Liverpool. I might pick up Mark and Michelle. I think that would be a good pick. Mm. Uh, Brian Harmon uh, coming in with a five-shot lead, and despite shooting a paltry 70 in the rain at Hoy Lake, he would win the tournament by six. Over four golfers, Jason Day, John Rom, Sepp Straka, and Tom Kim. If it wasn't for Harmon's Saturday, what could have been? Rory, uh, who shot better each day, going from a 71 to a 68, finished at six under, Corey Connors, one of the two Canadians at the Open to make uh, the cut, struggled on Sunday shooting a 76 to finish the tournament at four over. So that'll do it for the majors. Till next year. We'll see you in the Masters next year as uh, we turn our attention to the FedEx Cup playoffs set to begin next month. But, Manny, not a lot of drama. Uh, not the one we expect from one of our majors, especially that one. Well, yeah, Brian Harmon, like, I don't even know what the odds would have been for him to win the whole darn thing. Like, 10,000? Yeah. More? Probably yeah. more. Probably more. 20, 30, 40. Who knows? This is a guy that was way down the rankings. He ends up going out, shooting the lights out in days one and two, and then just kind of sat on it. Mm-hmm. Like he was, what, one or two over or under Saturday and Sunday combined? Yeah. Finished at 11 His under. weekend he was, wasn't great. He was 10 under Friday, Saturday. His he weekend was fine. Was, yeah, weekend was fine, but not compared to that Friday where it was, what, 62, 63, whatever it was, but uh, blew it away. Because everybody else had a bad Friday. One of the more fascinating things about this tournament is Justin Thomas, who shot another 80 in a major, and as a result, now has to absolutely scrap these next couple weekends with the 3M Championship yep. and the Wyndham Championship to just get into the FedEx Cup playoffs, yeah. which is the top 75, and then they pair down from there. Was it the top 75? Or top 125. Top 125, and, and they to pair to 75. And then after that, it's like the final 30 or something like that. Yeah, 30 um, in Atlanta. Yeah. So he's got a battle. And this is a guy who, you know, for a long time was, what, top five, top ten. Him and Spieth for a long mm-hmm. time were just cooking yeah. back when Rory was really winning tournaments. Kind of that next wave. Yeah, right Tiger. as Tiger was in the twilight of his career. And I'm doing air quotes because it never really felt like <laughs> the twilight of his career until it was legit over because of injuries. Yeah. yeah but... We didn't get the twilight. We just got the deep, dark night of Tiger's career. Yeah. Like it's just, it, it got was dark like very quickly. It was like an eclipse. <laughs> yeah. You just blink and you missed it, and all of a sudden it was really dark. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Harmon plus 17,500. Oh, I could have made you some uh, change. 17,500, hey? Yeah. Would have made you some decent money. Yeah, yeah. it would have been all right. And your friends would have all laughed at you if you'd made that bet. Right. <laughs>
Well, yeah, big Brian Harmon guy this week. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Sure, Plays well bud. on that type of grass they have out in wherever. Ah, uh, 3M <laughs> Open. Hoy, uh, Royal Liverpool. At Hoy yeah. Lake. Now, listen. It's not the British Open. It's not the, the British Open. Open. No, Do not call it the British Open. Uh, Even though it is, but it's fine. Trying to find NHL news. Uh, there was a little bit of it. Uh, a couple of players finding out what they're worth thanks to an independent arbitrator. Uh, we'll start in Toronto with goaltender Ilya Samsonov settling on a one-year $3.55 million deal. Good for Ilya. Below the $4.9 million ask, which is like, whoa. You're, you're feeling very confident in yourself. Yeah. But, but that's still a good chunk more than Toronto's $2.6 million yeah, way ask. Way closer to his ass than the league. <laughs> no, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. Good for him getting uh, getting some, getting some that bag a little bit here. Is he, uh, his prove-it deal is uh, he had a good season last year, looking if he can be the, again to be the guy in Toronto. And uh, Philippe Kurashev uh, was awarded a two-year deal, $2.225 million AAV. The Hawks got to pick the term because it was a player-elected arbitration, so they picked two years. Huh? Mm. Yeah, nine goals last year gets you $2.25 million. Sure. Oof. <laughs> uh, local story. I'm just looking forward good the to the, good the, 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 the Jeremy Swayman arbitration case. Yeah, uh, that'll be a big one. What else? Troy Terry. Ryan McLeod. I actually like that player up in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. Was the big ones the notable ones? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, local stuff. Fast kicking, low scoring, and ties. <laughs> you bet. Calvary FC with a chance to move to first in the CPL table with a win this past weekend. They were on the road on Saturday in Langley taking on Vancouver FC. And boy, would the Cavs unload on the expansion side in this one. Meyer Bevan would put away his league-leading eighth from the penalty spot in the seventh minute. However, Vancouver would just answer minutes later thanks to Alejandro Diaz. But that's about as close as the old Vancouver FC would get as just... Under 15 minutes later, one of the nicest goals you might ever see. Romeo again. Daly helps it forward. Dan Clark has scored, has he? He has, you know. And the Dutch defender is all smiles. His teammates congratulate him. He stayed forward after the set piece and was on the spot when he was needed to be. And Dan Klomp has put the cows back in front against Vancouver FC. Yeah, go find that one on YouTube or on the Cavs social media page. Dan Klomp looking like Dennis Bergkamp out there, making it 2-1. Nice. I don't know what that means. Uh, hell of a player. Oh, totally a reference. Hell of a mm. player. Ali Moosey uh, might be the MVP of this league through 16 games. He had an amazing tilt there on Saturday. He would cap off the scoring. Scoring the Cavs' fifth goal of the evening. Sergio Camargo and Ben Fisk would have goals as well. In the 5-1 win, Cavs now top of the table with 27 points. And it's a tight table. It's just six points separate Cavs from their next opponent, Atletico Ottawa. Whoa. To first, they'll go on Saturday out in Ottawa. Nice to see them break through uh, as an avid season ticket holder now. Hell yeah. Um, first year? Yes, first year. Well, Love you, it. Are you by Patty? No, uh, he sits, in the, he sits in, the, in, the, in the bleachers. I'm over in the... Yeah, in the supporter stand. I'm not. I'm not one of the fancy ones who gets to shoot flares off and stuff like that. I just <laughs> sit and watch like yeah. a civilized human being. Oh. Uh, <laughs> that sounds boring. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 actually, it is so much fun, and already can't wait to renew season tickets for next year. But yeah, it feels like, and again, not super soccer expert here. They have the ball a ton. They just don't score a ton. Yeah, and to see them finally break through is a tremendous sign for Cavalry. Yeah, they do love their possession-style game, and it's been a sticking point of, like, generating shots and getting shots because that was a tough one. Their last home game is Halifax getting it right at the death thanks to an own goal. But, you know, 
shelling it out against uh, an expansion side in Vancouver is always nice. Again, Ottawa on Saturday. They're like what three quarters through the season right now. Yeah, almost take? half, almost halfway through it here. Yeah, yeah. Season wraps up uh, end of September. <laughs> then we're right in the playoffs. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. After all those draws to start the season, mm-hmm. they're just getting things going now. Yeah, this is this is a tight table, and just getting the home game is key. If it's mm-hmm. a buy with your the first seed, or just be at one of the top seeds, have teams come here. Will help matter so they much. They still haven't won the whole darn thing yet, have they? No, they've no. been so close. Obviously, they the first year they won the first time when they did the split season. Yep, 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 they yep. won both the regular season titles, but then lost to Forge here in the final. Same deal with the next year, and then the year after that. It's just it's been almost a bridesmaid here in Calgary. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, Cavs can get it done this week. Tommy Will Jr. will join the program tomorrow. Oh, great! As well. Huh? Yeah, Oktoks Dogs played three over the weekend, all down at Siemens Stadium. The first against the Brooks Bombers, and they won those. Let the big dog eat. Let the big dog eat. 4-3 on Friday, 3-0 shutout on oh, Saturday. Yeah. Sunday, they would welcome Medicine Hat Mavericks to town, and it didn't go as well. Oh. Uh, they fell 4-2. They still maintain a one-game lead over Sylvan Lake. They for, also raised for, like ten thousand dollars for cancer research. Yeah, they had their, their pink so. jerseys on. That was great. Oh, the pink jerseys look yeah. slick. The, so good. The dogs have a great look. They like for Western Collegiate Baseball. They got a damn good look. Yeah, and they're a wagon too. They are a wagon, but hurt. the team behind them that they're playing the next three with are just one game back of them in the division. Sylvan Lake Gulls. first to three in a row with the Gulls. Uh, just under a little under two weeks left in the regular season, so these games will be massive for first place in the division. Tonight, 8.05, first pitch up in Sylvan Lake. They'll be back home tomorrow. PK on the call. That's right. I These games have been so much fun. The offense has been unstoppable, it feels like, this year. Um, so it's high-scoring games. It's great. Who's your favorite player based on vibes? Oh, based on vibes. Is it Rick Sanchez? Uh Ricky Sanchez is always a, an elite vibe player, but this year it's from, Nash Crowell. From, from Rick and um, Morty. Yeah. <laughs> um, Nash, I, I think I've been saying his name wrong all year. Nash Kroll. Um, immaculate vibes. He was the one who started when there was a rain delay out on the tarp. He started playing some football, sliding around. The hairline's a little unfortunate, but uh, he he has been just uh, a college kid, too. Walks up there. With, like, every intention on hitting the ball 800 feet. And no batting gloves and is oh, just big daddy swinging from the depths of his soul. Special place in my heart for dudes without batting gloves. Yeah. Uh, Calgary Surge looking to clinch playoff spot over the weekend over the Saskatchewan Rattlers. Uh, back on Saturday at Winsport, they didn't need clinch it. With a nice defensive performance allowing only 64 points in their 79-64 win. Uh, one home game to go in the regular season. That'll be on Friday. First, though, they have to head up to Edmonton to deal with the Stingers on Wednesday. Uh, and it was the return of Slam Ball down in Vegas, Maddie. Yeah. Woo! Yeah, I heard you were bought in a VPN, but we're still unable to watch the slamming action. I spent way too much money <laughs> trying to watch Slam Ball this weekend and watched zero Slam well, Ball. Well, I'll get you some score. Well, not scores, but I'll get you the standings. Uh, the Mob, they've started 4 0. Buzzsaw and Wrath are 3 1. Ozone and Slashers are 1 2. And the Rumble, Griffins, and Lava are all 0-2. I could have told you the Lava was going to be awful this yeah, year. Yeah, based on name vibes alone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'd have them to miss the playoffs. On the, yeah, uh, big time. Yeah. There was a dude who had 45 points in one of these games. <laughs> it's a 4-on-4. Four four. How do you have 45? Um, I don't know. Uh, Ken Carter. Just flying around. Ken Carter from Coach Carter. Yeah. Uh, he's the coach of the mob. 
Oh, nice. Yeah, he was the original slam ball coach as well, so he's back for its second incarnation. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I the was also wearing uh, mini, and mini uh, miniature guardian caps. I don't they know if you are? saw that. Yeah. Oh. To protect against head injury. Well, it's well, full contact. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. I kept watching the highlights. Also, the slam ball admin on Twitter is doing a fantastic job. Like a bang up job. But this is just another reason why I think I need to go to Vegas next summer in, yeah. in July. Right now. I need to go down. I need to watch this. I got to watch BattleBots. Oh, yeah. Got to go, go in the new sphere. <laughs> got to go Jimmy Dolan's new toy. Am I the only one who thinks that spear looks really, really stupid? It's horrifying, and it's going to cause so many accidents. Yeah. I know um, it will. No, it's awesome. Like I'm just, I was reading an article. I think how likely? A total joke, but I was reading an article about how likely is it to hack the spear? How oh, likely is good. it? How somebody? How like a, like it would have to be like a, a nation state or like some hacker organization that could hack into that thing? But it's possible. And then what? I don't know. You put whatever you want on it. Uh, like when they put an eye, I was like, this is gross. Yeah, Take this down. Yeah. Uh, we'll quickly wrap up this one here. We're way late, but it's whatever. That's it's, fine. We got no guests. Uh, busy weekend as uh, we're almost through the uh, everyone playing at least their first group stage game at the Women's World Cup down in Australia and New Zealand. Uh, we'll start with some scores over the weekend. Back on Friday, the two-time defending champion U.S. in their opener wasn't able to open it up at all against Vietnam, only getting a 3-0 victory. England had to fight tooth and nail just to get a goal against tournament debutantes Haiti, 1-0 final there. Sweden needed a goal in the 90th minute to beat South Africa 2-1. Uh, 2019 runners-up, the Netherlands, dispatched Portugal 1-0. And Jamaica, a bit of a surprise here. The reggae girls drew with France, 0-0. Uh, and two games already in the book today. Germany all over Morocco, 6-0. Italy, uh, they beat uh, Argentina, 1-0. And uh, Brazil just uh, went final with Panama. Uh, Ali Borges with a hat-trick in that one. 4-0 final there. Uh, tonight at 8 o'clock, Colombia and Korea Republic will be the last two nations to get their World Cup started. At 11.30 tonight, co-host New Zealand take on the Philippines. And in the wee hours of the morning, Switzerland takes on Norway. And Japan will do battle with Costa Rica. Canada, their tournament will get underway, back underway on Wednesday morning. 6 o'clock start against the Republic of Ireland. And good night and good luck to you, sir. Excellent stuff. That's the morning report. It is brought to you by Motorworks. If you own a BMW, choose Motorworks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match, then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Ave and 3rd Street Southeast. Uh, yes, we are seeing on the text line. That is Peter Klein. Hi. And he's here for the rest of the week. I am. You're stuck with me. Too bad. Yeah. Uh, we went long on the report, but that's fine. We didn't have a whole lot to do here in the 7 o'clock hour. Around the corner, we are going to get a little Flames discussion and get uh, primetime Klein's thoughts on uh, what we've seen in the offseason. I believe he was saying during the break that hiring Jerome McGinley is a terrible mistake. Oh, right. and, yeah, just awful. And yeah. they shouldn't <laughs> retire Mika Kiprasov's number before they t retire Kerry Ramos. Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah, very accurate. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm still waiting for Tony Amani's spot up there. <laughs> David um, Lankow. I, I think a forever, forever a flame is, is, does not do him justice. You so. remember the days when it was like, oh, the flames got someone big, and you're like, Tony Amante, and you're like, well, that would have been sick like 10 years ago. Todd yeah. Bertuzzi. Yeah, they yeah put that together... would have been great Whoa. like 10 years ago. Curtis yeah. Joseph. That would be great, like Yarber Yager, Yager, that would be great, like ten years ago. Yeah, they put together some really good 2001 teams in 2008. Yeah, they did a great job. Really well done. Yeah. We'll take a break and around the corner, we'll get into all of it. Sports at 960, the fan.